Today on podcast 34 from Football at Anya, I, Michael Statham, am joined by editor Michael Bell and writer James Rowe to discuss the new Eredivisie season. We will preview every Eredivisie team, starting with the title race, some surprises of the season and down to the relegation battle. We really hope you enjoy this special podcast available on YouTube, SoundCloud and iTunes, where we will still answer all of your wonderful questions sent in on Twitter. Enjoy! Uh, all right, then, lads. Um, we should start with the Eredivisie title race. We've got so much to talk about. It's going to be really exciting, this podcast. Um, but I think, having talked about Ajax and, and, and PSV a bit uh, last time, why don't we kick off with Feyenoord? If we're talking about the title race, are Feyenoord uh, a realistic title challenger? We had a question from Abdul on Twitter. Um, do you expect Feyenoord to be able to compete for the title? I do, yes. I think they'll be, uh, I think they'll be there or thereabouts. I think with the leadership of Van Persie, with him being captain and especially helping the younger players and having been there and done it, winning a Premier League and, and playing for big clubs, I think he will demand a lot of that team and he will try to push them forward. And um, I don't think they're... Um, of course, Alamadi is gone and um, a couple of others, but I think um, I think they're going to be OK. And I think that with uh, Van Persie's... Uh, with his determination, you can see since he's been back at the club, he's so happy. Every time he speaks to the uh, to the Dutch media, he's got a smile on his face, and he's uh, he's happy to be home, and he's he's really enjoying helping and guiding, specifically the younger players. And I think he's he's going to revel in that captaincy role, and I think that Feyenoord will be there or thereabouts. Yeah, I agree. I think um, if you look at their form since Van Persie returned halfway through last season, I think their dip. At the start is what really killed their title challenge. But after Van Persie came, they improved greatly and ended up winning the cup. And I think if he was there all season, they would have been a different prospect. And I think this year, they're definitely going to be closer than what they were. Um, I don't see them finishing fourth. They're definitely going to be in the top three. Um, and El Maddy's gone, but you know, you've got to look at his signed. Jordi Classy's back. That's that. Uh, they've managed to keep hold of Jorgensen. They've got Venta coming through. Defensively, they look strong. Um, you know, I think all around, and even the boss Brad Jones, who might have been a key player, but if you see what Justin Bidlow did during the the game against PSV, then they've got no worries for the goalkeeper either. Yeah, the 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 the, the Dutch Super Cup performance against PSV, nil nil, but final one on penalties. Um, it was great to see Bilo come through and make some great saves in the penalty shootout. I just think though that little things like this are what may hold final back from winning the title. I think top three is a certainty. I think you both may agree with that. They finished fourth last season, and the next logical step is to head back into that top three. Um, Giovan Bronkhorst has been great since he took over at Feyenoord. He's won five uh, competitions in the four years he's had in charge. Um, if that's not a sign of a great manager, I don't know what is. Um, admittedly, two were Dutch Super Cups, but a league and two Dutch Cups in there. If he can get to Europa League group stage this season, that would be another good good achievement. Um, but just being in the run uh, to, with a chance of winning the league would be would be marvellous. But I think what might hold them back is they have got a 20-year-old goalkeeper in goal. They have got two two first-team centre-backs that are ageing. They're a bit slow. I think the, the full-backs are young and a little bit untested at this level. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Jordi Klassi, he, he flopped at Southampton, didn't get the games in Belgium. Coming back to final, will he refine his form? And I just think you, you're relying then too much on um, the likes of Nikolai Jorgensen, Robin van Persie to be fit and then firing and scoring at least 20 goals over the season. Of course, keeping players like Jens Tonsler, Steven Berghaus, that's really going to help them. But um, do, do you not both think that they're just going to fall a little bit short of first place? Just a little bit, yes. Um, my personal prediction is they'll finish second. And um, I, I just, like you say, a very good point about the Europa League if they get through. They play uh, Tresin in the um, in the qualification rounds. I interviewed uh, centre um, midfielder Desley Ubink from Football Anya last uh, back in January this year. So that'll be an interesting uh, qualifying round this Thursday where the first leg uh, takes place. But I think it'll be interesting to see how they get on if they qualify for Europe and if that will take a little bit out of them. It's, James, it's interesting how you say that uh, final finish second. So who do you think are going to be their main challengers for first place? Ajax. And why? Because I just think the the pressure's on Den Haag. He knows he has to win. 
I think they've done ever so well to keep uh, the time of speaking De Ligt and, and buying uh, Dusan Tadic, and who they wanted before when he was at FC20, but they couldn't manage to get hold of him. And, uh, and Daley Blin coming back as well. And you, having watched them live, OK, it was only against Sturm Graz so far this season, but they look confident. Huntelaar, although he missed chances in that game, was a little bit too eager. But I think that the base is there for them to really mount a challenge. And, and for, to not have won any, any trophies for four years and the, uh, and the uncertainty uh, at board level, you know, that hasn't helped. And there's, there appears to be stability now. And uh, obviously, Ten Hag has been there a while, and, and you see about the Lich saying about even the training sessions are really, really um, helpful, and uh, he learns an awful lot. And I just think there's such a nucleus there that they they can really mount a challenge. Yes, they're making progress in Europe with um, they could play uh, faced standard Liège over two legs, which I think they'll come through. And then uh, you've got a Champions League playoff uh, round. But although they've they're secured of European football, which is which is good, but I think they'll be going all out to win the league, and I think they'll have the quality to do it. All right. Um. So that's a fair challenger for the title. So what do you think about PSV? Are they going to be as close to to Ajax and PSV? I think yes. Um. If you get the squad, I think they've got a bit more killer instinct than Ajax do, and I think they've got a bit more. But now they've managed to keep hold of Lozano. Um, he's their key man for this season. I think he'll stay past August. Him, De Jong, um, and Bergwijn up front is probably the best. I think Killer top three in the their division's got to score the most goals of anyone. I think they've added well to the flanks. They lost Arias, but they've got Dumfries, who's an assist king. They've got Angelino on the left hand side, who's an absolute amazing crosser of the ball as well. And these two people are perfect for someone like De Jong, who, for me, is my prediction to be top goal scorer this season because he's just going to get so much service from the wings that he's going to get so many chances. And if he scores them, then I think PSV then become, once again, for me, favourites for the title. It's theirs to lose, really. I think Ajax and Feyenoord have to challenge them. They're still the strongest team in the, the league, for me. Yeah, and ultimately, that's why I think that... Um... It will be between Ajax and PSV for the title. I think final just fall, fall a little bit short of the quality that's demanded to win the title. Can they win game after game after game as the months go on? Um, Van Bronckhorst has shown that, that, that his teams are capable of six or seven games in a row. He's even won the league doing that. But they've also gone through periods of losing games in a row. And I just wonder whether that's going to hold them back compared to a team like Ajax. That as long as Ajax can keep their feet on the floor... They can win um, almost all of the games this season in the league. They're, the nucleus that, um, that you, you spoke about um, is ultimately what will win them the league. They have got these strong players through the core of their team. Players haven't left. Um, you've got players just Neresh, um, De Jong, De Ligt. All these young players that just stay with the team because they know that it's beneficial for their development. I think seeing players just Dusan Tadic, Daley Blint coming back to the club, it's just going to really persuade them to stay and think, oh, I can really kick on here and get another good season to my belt in the league and in, in Europe. And it will get them that bigger transfer next summer. We always speak about um, if you're a good player, you're never going to, get, you're never going to uh, be forgotten about by the bigger teams. And I think that's what's happened there at Ajax. And winning the league will be a big thing for those players and something they can definitely put on their CVs. Um, as for PSV, I, 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 I disagree with James. I think that PSV will be second. Um, because they have a little bit more than final, like I spoke about with Lozano. He will stay, by the sounds of it. He's given those positive messages. Um, but whether or not Van Bommel can get him to click is the question. That's what will hold PSV back a little bit. But I think he will. I think he'll get the best out of his young players, which he knows already, having managed the under-19s. Um, and we'll see how that goes, really. Uh, it's going to be tricky to see how all three clubs handle European competition as well. We had a question on Twitter from Ajax Amati, um, one of our regular listeners. How will Ten Hag manage um, current players to play successful, both in the Eredivisie and the Champions League qualifying? Well, I think he's got the, the basis of that squad there. All the talent that's around him. Um, do you not guys not think that Ajax are surely favourites for the title? But if it's not going to be Ajax, then who is their closest challenger going to be and, and why? why? Why Ajax might not win the title? I think it depends on, on European commitment. I, I can understand both valid points you've both made as regards to PSV, but I, I maintain that 
Yes, it's nice for Van Bommel to, to return. Uh, yes, they have a, a quality in-back squad, but it, I think it's a little bit naive. It's just my personal opinion. It's a little bit naive to think that someone who's had primarily assistant manager posts and had a short spell managing the under-19s can make the step up to the first team and win the Eredivisie title in, in his first season. I think that may well be a bridge too far. I don't doubt that Van Bommel will eventually go on to be a success. I don't doubt that should he stay at uh, PSV for two or three years that, that he will win them at least one league title, but I can't see him winning in his debut season. I think should Ajax progress in Europe and, and, and carry on, and to, to, you don't know who's going to qualify yet and things are a little bit up in the air. But I just think with, with Feyenoord as well, that you do make a good point, Michael, that it is uh, ageing defence. But with Classy coming back, he's got a point to prove. Tornstra is always, uh, he seems to be so consistent. He was very consistent last year. And I think the nucleus of Feyenoord will know themselves that they will want to mount a challenge. And it's a long old season, as we know uh, all too well. So I think it's going to be very interesting. But my prediction for the top three is going to be Ajax champions, Feyenoord second and PSV third. I mean, for me, the reason I think PSV are going to win it is because it's the same as last season. They come up sometimes short Ajax and they get frustrated in games and they end up drawing 0-0 with some of the little teams who park the bus. Um, the big worry for me, for them, is they've got the strongest on paper the strongest squad and so many talented youngsters but if you look up front Huntar is he misses so many chances I know he scored twice against Dumgratz but he also missed so many easy chances and then you've got Kasper Dolberg who's not been fit all last season he's not fit yet this season um, he wasn't exactly on form last year so like the big way for me is up front and I think sometimes if say Ziyech does leave and I think he's still their key, key man and I think he still will go I mean, there's reports now that he's available for 23 million, which is an absolute bargain in my opinion. But if he goes and you lose him, then I think sometimes he just come unstuck against some of the small teams and it's a way of trying to find some spark to find him out of these tricky situations. I think being such a young squad, they sometimes come unstuck and I still think defensively as well, they're always got a mistake in them. Especially like Onana likes to play these little tricky... Um, on a ball moment, you saw him make a big mistake in the Champions League as well. I think defensively, they're not as strong and it's not as rigid as PSV um, going into the season. So for me, I've got PSV just winning it from Ajax and Feyenoord a very close third. I think it's going to be a very, very tight title race this year. I definitely agree. Um, but my order of a top three is again different to yours, Mike, and yours, James. I've gone with Ajax to win the title, PSV second and final third. I will say, though, that it was neck and neck between me choosing between Ajax and PSV. Um, they are that close in terms of resources, quality of four players. But I do agree, Michael, that defence could make a difference for PSV. But at the same time, the attack could make a difference for Ajax. It's really hard to call. Um, and I may also agree as well with Luke de Jong perhaps being top goal scorer this season. It could also go to Herving Lozano having been close last season. That's really tricky to predict. And I think we could yet see someone further down the table score plenty of goals. Um, and speaking of which, question of Abdul uh, to, to ask you guys. Uh, after the poor start of RZ, do you think they can still perform the way they did last season? And as you can tell, neither of the three of us have predicted RZ to be in the top three. Um, I think we can all appreciate as well, those that are listening, that, that the teams below may not have the resources to compete with the top three. We did see RZ finish third last season, just ahead of Feyenoord. Um so what, what, what this season for RZ, will they finish uh, anywhere close to the top three? Will they perform as well as they did last season? Considering they've lost Valt Verkhorst and Alirezi Hambach, they're two best players to Wolfsburg and Brighton respectively. I mentioned in our last pod that should they lose to Kaelat, that it could well set the tone. And I believe it will in the early part of the season. But I still think with the quality in that squad and the experience of Van Brom, I can see them finishing fourth, but I don't think it'll be. Uh, I, I don't think they'll be near the top three. I think there'll be a bit of a uh, point gap between third and fourth. But I think they'll start really, really slowly, because they really believed in the second leg, and especially the manager of Van der Brom believed that the quality would see them through, and that they would um, they would go through. This is a team that harboured ambitions to go on to reach the knockout phases of the, of the Europa League. And they, um, 
they didn't get past the first hurdle. So it's going to be difficult for them to accept. It will take, take a while for them to get over as well. I think we can see them starting very slowly. I think we might see them drawing a few games. And I think that they will they'll eventually move on from that. And I think they will go on to finish fourth. I think on paper, they're definitely the fourth strongest team in the Eredivisie. And, you know, they lost to Kyra. It's one down to... You could say an absolute horrible referee decision because that penalty was never a penalty um, in the second leg. But you also go, look at the weakness up front that they had, Fred Friday, who I was very vocal about on Twitter, should never be playing in an AZ shirt ever again. Um, but Bjorn Johnson will come into that. You've got aging defence with, you know, Hazardiakis is only 20, but you've got Ron Var next to him. And Ron Var was horrible on both legs. Um, I think he's not got the legs anymore. Anyone that's got a fast striker can get past him pretty easily. Um, it's all about them getting their injured players back. I know Stein Voitens uh, is out. He's a big player for them. Um, Marco Vajinovic to come back into midfield. And more importantly, Calvin Stengs on the right-hand wing. I mean, they've got the talent to come through and challenge the top three. It's just if these players that come back from injury can gel into it. And it's all about Bjorn Johnson up front as well. If he can find his Ado Den Haag form up front, then maybe they can challenge for the top three again. But... I just don't see it. I can see them getting beat um, once again by all top three teams who are just superior all around to them. Yeah, Michael, I did see your uh, interesting comments about Fred Friday uh, on Twitter. Um, very truthful as well. He's a very limited striker and I'm, I'm very glad that RZ finally got hold of a new striker, Bjorn Janssen. See how he gets on. Um, I, I'm looking at RZ's opening fixtures here. Um, they play against Nakbaleda, Emin, Vitesse, Heracles. Three out of those four teams, they should definitely be beating. But then if they if they get off to a slow start, like you say, James, and I do agree with you that that could be an issue um, in terms of confidence in the players. After those four games, they then face Feyenoord, Groningen, Pekswala, Ajax, Utrecht. Really tr- tough five games. Five teams who I can see with them a top eight next season. Um, and then if, if, if after nine games, they have very few wins... It's going to set the tone for a long, old season. Um, knowing that they're not going to reach top three again, it's going to affect the morale of the players. But we are going to see some really great development from some of their younger players still. We always speak about Calvin Stengs on Football Anya. Um, him and Milan Boadu, two forwards who are really going to rock because of the Eredivisie this season, especially towards the second half of the campaign. They're going to be really standing out, I think. Um, but I agree with you both that RZ will be close to the top three, but there will be a bit of a points difference. Um, so let's go back to uh, our top positions then. So we've gone through our top three. Are we all in agreement that RZ will finish fourth? Or will there be a surprise in there too? Who are our uh, fourth and fifth place teams then? My fourth place team is uh, RZ Alagmar. Fifth place team is Vitesse. I think with Vitesse, with Matavs and Brian Linsen and uh, Van der Werf as the defender, Slutsky as well, I've been watching a couple of his press conferences since he's arrived and he's made it quite clear that he viewed the Netherlands to be a, um, to be a fantastic place to start his, uh, his European career. He was, um, he, was, he was really complimentary about the league and about the challenges and, and I think there's a nucleus for Vitesse to, to go on and, and, and do similar to what they did last year. I think they will miss Mason Mount because he had a tremendous season last season. But I fully expect Brian Linson to, to kick on. And uh, football and your listeners and uh, readers will know how I've rated him ever since his favourite Fenlo days. And I really hope he gets capped. Because I, I, I know we discussed this on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, Michael, where you said maybe he has to make a step up first before he can be capped. But surely with friendly games coming up, and how dangerous he's been in terms of goals and assists for Vitesse. And you even saw in the Europa League qualifying rounds, you know, that goal he, uh, he scored to get them back into the tie. I can't see no reason why he can't be called up, not necessarily for a qualifying um, match in the, in the Nations League, but they've got a friendly coming up against Peru, for example. And I think it would send out a tremendous message going forward. Same for Dumfries as well that players are not forgotten about by by Koeman and that players that are still playing in the Netherlands that are doing really well for their clubs if they're selected by Koeman every now and again when he deems fit and he brings them along slowly it will give them all such confidence and it will help the league and it will help uh, the standard of the Eredivisie and it will help the players to believe that they're not 
that they're not cut adrift in their own country for being uh, for being looked at to to eventually play for the national team. I think for me, um, I totally agree with James. I think AZ finished fourth, and uh, you know the closest challenger to them is Vitesse. Um, I think mainly because they've now got a coach who is experienced. I think Hank Fraser came under a lot of um, criticism last season, and it was a bit. Poisonous towards the end of his campaign, I think they're all just waiting for him to go. Um, so it's got announced the players aren't really playing for him anymore. It's a fresh start for them. Um, my only concern for them is if Matavs gets injured, they have what they have nobody to back him up. Um, you know, Luke Castanios is gone, and they're not really signed a new striker. They've got Thomas Boytink, who's you know young, um, seventeen, eighteen year old, who's highly rated. He was linked with you know the biggest clubs in Europe when he was fifteen, sixteen, but. You know, it's a bit difficult if relying on him to be a second striker um, going into the Eredivisie season. So it depends. You know, still three, four weeks to go until the end of the transfer window in the Netherlands. They could pick up another couple of players from Chelsea. Um, but I think overall on paper, I think I agree with Winston, um, Matavs and Roy Behrens. They've got you know, a really, really good experienced front three that I think can help them challenge for the top four or five spots. Yeah, um, really fair point there. Uh, about the the quality of Vitesse and the quality of the manager. Um, I do agree. Um, Vitesse have got another striker behind Matavs. So they signed a 24-year-old called Usama Darfalau. Um, but again, reliability about that signing. Signed from the Algerian league. So who knows about the quality of him? And who knows about the quality of the rest of their players? I haven't actually got Vitesse to finish in the top five. I've got them down a sixth. Um, although... They have signed some 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 good players. There's lots more for their squad. It'll really thicken it out with um, European competition to come and attempts at the cup competition. Uh, Rasmus Thalanda, the Danish defender, they they've picked up Max Clark from Hull City, a very promising 22 year old. Um, they have signed Matus Bello from Trabzonspor, Turkish team. Hilary Gong is a very promising 19 year old on the wing, um, and yeah, Darfalau up front. Um, and a couple of other younger players around that. Let's see how they get on. Uh, but I, I actually have Utrecht to finish fifth. They did well last season. Elton Hark left the club. Um, but John Paul de Jong stayed at the club and took over, having been assistant. And he kept up that strong performance, that really consistent performance every week. And they did do particularly well, especially at home. They were a real force to beat. Um, and their signings aren't too bad either. You know, I, that, That's why I've picked them down as fifth. Yaris van Overname from RZ, we spoke about him in the past. Simon Gustafsson, uh, the midfielder from Feyenoord, he was really good on loan at Rodi AC uh, last season. Um, and Gavordi as well, the left wing-back from the French second division, but he really was a standout in that league. Um, Guvada from Werder Bremen. And, and last of all, Bergsten, I'm the centre-back, uh, Swedish centre-back. Uh, a very good signing again, considering the teams that were chasing him were teams that are playing in Europa League, Champions League competitions. Um, I just think they'll pip for Tess. I think it will be close. I'm not saying sure that I know that Tess will finish fifth. Uh, but yeah, I just think over the Tess, if Tess gets to Europa League, then they'll want to try hard in that competition. If they don't reach that, then Slutsky might fancy a go at the Cup. Uh, and I think he might take it out of their squad. They don't quite have enough players to deal with it. I think there's too many youth players around Tess's first team players to, to keep a strong um, starting eleven. And as James said, if, if um, Linson who's a great player, but if he doesn't if he doesn't perform or the Tafs doesn't perform, then they're left without the goals they need to win games. But that's just my opinion. The only thing with Utrecht, I'd say, is they don't really have a genuine goal scorer. I don't think Dessers has done well, um, or as well as they thought he would do since he signed. I've got Lucas Gortler and um, Gerardo Kirk and Mackie Anok as well. They're too big. Um, target men and sometimes they play uh, Jairona Kirk through the middle as well for his pace um, I don't think any of them are going to come close to the amount of goals that Matavs will score this season and I think that's the only thing that can hold them back but overall they've got a strong squad that's very experienced um, you've got to add uh, Erby Emanuelson still in there, Willem Janssen still in there I think they'll challenge definitely for European spots, they'll definitely make the European playoffs but I think the tests are slightly better if they get their full strength team out week after week all right, fair enough. But uh, lads, I, let's now look at some of the more surprises of the season. Is there anyone that will be around about mid-table but could finish 
around the top six, seven, eight positions that you might want to keep your eye on? Yes, I think that Nuk Breda are going to do very well. Uh, you selected Mitchell van der Gaag as your manager of the year last year, Michael. And with a better squad at his disposal, and uh, a squad that had good players anyway, and, and didn't really struggle to, uh, um, to stay up in the end, they always had enough in the tank to stay up. I think he'll galvanise them even more, where I can see Nuk Breda finishing uh, possibly top 10, pushing towards the top 8. I'm not saying they're going to reach it, but I think if you look at the shoestring budget that he he had at Excelsior, and they used to pull off on a regular basis victories, especially in away games, which nobody expected, and um, he galvanised that squad. He's also got a lot of experience managing in Portugal, which people forget about. He managed uh, Bayonne, and I think he got them promoted to the uh, to the top league in Portugal as well. And he's. Uh, you know he's a very very good manager i think with a better squad at his disposal you know yourself as well michael having been to watch that play the home advantage and the, and the crowd really get behind them i think they'll have a very good season where i think that will finish top 10 and they may well push uh, and they won't be too far away from from the potential top eight place um i actually have knack breda to be one of the teams that struggle at the bottom for me um i actually think last year they relied a lot on the goals of like Thierry Ambrose. Um, they had Manu Garcia pulling the strings for him in the midfield. Um, I think the players they got on loan from Manchester City, of course it's still very early, they could still get more. But I think the, the Manchester City players they had last year were a lot more um, experienced and a lot more talented than the ones they're getting this, this summer. Um, the pre-season results haven't been great and there's a few decent youngsters coming through. I know Sydney Van Hoydonk and Jordan van der Haag um, are coming through, but I actually think overall they're going to struggle this season. Um, for me, the team that can challenge top eight is Pex Vola. I think transfer-wise, they've had one of the best transfer windows of any team um, this summer. They signed the duo from VVV Venlo, um, Clint Lemons and Vito Van Croy, who were excellent last season. They've got Mike Van Doinen up front, very experienced, and um, now a few youngsters. They've got uh, Zian Fleming from Ajax, the striker turned midfielder who was captain for Young Ajax at times last season. He scores a lot of goals from midfield. Um, Daryl Lackman, the centre-back, very experienced, played in England. Kenneth Pal, the PSV left-back and midfielder. And I think overall they've strengthened their squad. Um, tremendously this, this summer they've got a good manager and they've got big ambitions to finish in the top eight year after year and I think they're going to be a surprise team this year. It's not really a surprise they finish in the top eight but I think they can challenge um, the Utrechts and the Vitesses this summer, uh, this season. Uh, interesting comments from both of you there. Um, I both, I've, I've, I've both finished more mid-table. Nack Blader I've had for 13th. Mitch van der Haag is going to make that difference James like you say. Uh, a fine, fine manager. Uh, and yeah, the home the home advantage does really help this team. Uh, the supporters are amazing, uh, but I'm not quite sure about the quality of their loans. Like Michael says, uh, there's a bit of a doubt upon that. But I think they'll be fine mid table. As for Pex Vola, I have them down as eighth, uh, just to slip into those European playoffs. I think they're, they're actually better than the rest of the teams I have below them in the table. Just a bit more quality about them. Van Kroy, uh, Lehmans, two great midfielders. And we'll just see how they, how they get on. Quite an ambitious side as well. They had a bit of a slip towards the end of last season. But if they can re-find that form, they haven't lost a lot of players from last season. Philip Sandler has gone, but apart from that, the squad is mainly intact. I myself have gone, I've gone for FC Groningen to finish seventh. I think if, they've kept Mimu Mahi, their best player. Uh, and new manager Danny Baus. He's really made a good feeling around the club. And also signing Richard Doan on a permanent deal. I think you're going to see some some younger players that are going to reach their prime this season. Doan and Mahi, two examples of that, where they're going to have a very good season and perhaps look for a transfer at the end of this campaign. That's why I have them down a seventh, but not to challenge the likes of Utrecht and Vitesse. But I think a much better season than last season where they fin nearly finished in the, the bottom three. I think as well, I think you make some very good points about Groningen, especially with Danny Baus. Uh, Michael, I've and not so much in terms of uh, 
position, but there's two clubs I wouldn't mind talking about as re regarding the question that I think are going to do very well. The first one is the Schafskab. I think they're going to survive without any difficulty. I recently interviewed the manager, Henk de Jong, and um, he was telling me about they have a plan uh, in place to survive in the Eredivisie and how much they value entertaining supporters, especially at home. And they really want to galvanise the uh, the home crowd and to push them forward and to be the twelfth man. And he's a character as well with his experience in the past with Cambu Leowarden, and um, they managed to um, managed to keep them on an even keel when they were in the Eredivisie and they had good results as well. So I think with the experience of Henk de Jong, I think they'll, I think the Graafschap will be absolutely fine. Another one is for debutants uh, FC Emmen with uh, manager Dick Lukin. Um, I recently interviewed Timo Letzgert, who plays for Sassuolo in Italy, and he was telling me about that when he was um, when he was in the youth at Groningen, and you know, it wasn't a bit undecisive about his best position. It was Dick Lukin that convinced Letzgert that he could become a centre back in terms of positioning, in terms of quality, and uh, Letzgert was also telling me about that. You know, Dick Lukin is a great people manager. And I think everybody's brought into the um, to the ethos of FC Emmen being in the Eredivisie for the very first time, and I think they're going to surprise. I've uh, I also received a nice surprise this week. I've received an invitation from the club to interview him, so I'll be I'll be speaking to him personally in the next couple of weeks, which will be nice. And um, I think both the Graafschap and uh, FC Emmen will be fine in the Eredivisie, and I actually think both of them will stay up. I think um, one other side that. I hope it does very well this year because it's packed full of Dutch youngsters as um, Herenveen. They've had a very difficult pre-season. Um, they lost one game, I think it was 8-1, 8-2 to Hoffenheim. Um, they've got a new manager who's come in, Jan Ode Reykjavik, who didn't do very well when he was in Turkey last time out. Um, but you got to look at their squad and they've got so many young talents coming through. Um, Kik Peri and defence, you've got Michael Vlapp in midfield, up front you've got Sam Lammers. Um, I really do hope that all these players kick on and I've got them finishing in top 10. I think if they can gel, the young players come through and make a name for themselves, then they could do very well this season. Uh, an interesting point about Hayden Vane, um, I have him as one of my strugglers. I have him in 11th, they still have some decent enough players to finish in mid-table away from the bottom three. There could be dodgy times during this campaign though. The new manager for me doesn't set the world alight. As you say, he struggled in Turkey in his last job. Um, signings haven't been the best. Um, Konkolo didn't do that great at Doncaster, as you said in the last podcast, Mike. Um, Sam Lammers, on loan from PSV. It's just an unknown quantity at this level, whether he can perform or not. I, I've had my doubts uh, since I, I, th I think well, I thought last season, two years ago, he was a very good young player, but. Now I'm seeing him play more first-team games. I'm unsure about his qualities um, at area of his level. Um, and also the replacement for Denzel Dumfries. The revelation at right-back last season is Shel Floranus, um, who is still young, but hasn't shown quality again at area of his level. For Sparta last season, he was uh, he was the replacement for Dumfries. But I'm not sure he's really taken it by the scruff of the neck and made his position. So I'm not I'm not keen on Hidden uh, Vane's defence. Doak Schmidt uh, is one at right back, and I, I just think he's become a bit of a scapegoat for Hiddenvane's uh, friendly results. They lost 8-2 to Hoffenheim. They also lost 3-1 uh, to Levante the other day. It was Levante's first team. You do expect Hiddenvane to at least give them a good match. And even though it was a friendly, it's the last friendly before the start of the season. You'd think that they'd want to impress the, the, the fans that may have seen their 8-2 defeat to the German side, uh, Hoffenheim. They didn't turn up. Uh, and fans weren't happy uh, on social media saying that the, the, this isn't the team they want to see this season. It's going to be mid-table at best. This team won't finish in the top eight because of the quality of the players they're seeing on the pitch. The defending isn't the best. They're having doubts about Kobayashi midfield. Morton Torsby, he's not the goal-scoring uh, 10 that he was in the past. Um, so we'll just see how they get on this season. Uh, James, you mentioned FC Emmen and De Graafskap, two promoted teams. I think if we're turning our attentions to the bottom three this season, the strugglers, Emmen are going to be down there struggling, but I do have them down as 14th. I think they'll survive um, purely because it is their first season in the league. And I think the players and the fans and the manager are really going to feel that 
and it's just going to, the whole spirit of the club, it does make a difference to just survive because of that. Some of their players they've signed as well aren't too bad. Um, and I think compared to the other two teams, Fortuna Sittard, to Kravskap, they have the better summer signings. Um, I have unfortunately put Fortuna Sittard and Kravskap in my bottom three. I don't think they've quite got enough. But we'll soon see. And I have been surprised so many times with the new promoted team staying up because they will just surprise. Um, and I'm not, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens again at all. But purely because of my lack of knowledge of the two clubs, I feel, then I can't give them a higher position in, in the league. Um, what do you two think about the bottom three? I haven't given my third team yet, but I'm interested to hear what, what you guys have put as your bottom three. My bottom three are to finish bottom Fortuna Sittard. Yes, they're back after a 16-year absence. And um, and that's they're, they're excited about that and they're looking forward to it. But they've recently had financial difficulty in recent years to actually keep themselves solvent that they're still actually a football club. So I think they're just going to go along for the ride and I think they're going to do their best. I don't think they'll be cut adrift where they're going to be the... Um, the worst team in the league at Kansas. I just think it, it, this step up is going to be too much for them. Uh, and then finishing above Fortuna Sittard, I have Excelsior Rotterdam. Uh, they have the club physio of 25 years, Adri Podofart in charge. And the the squad, it, it's not um, it's not a, a terrible squad. There are some very good players in it, like uh, Luigi Blounds, for example, and Captain Kovac. But I think um, I think they're going to struggle, and I think they'll end up in the um, in the relegation uh, playoffs. I think they may well go on to survive, but that, but that depends who they will play. And my final spot spot uh, spot for the um, relegation playoffs is Hedeklas Almelo. Might be a, a a a surprising choice, but I think their choice to appoint a German manager who has no experience of Dutch football whatsoever and they've appointed him on the basis of the good work he did at the German FA in a regional setting and I've, we touched on it with Heel and Fein and, and other managerial um, uh, appointments I think the the pace upon which all the vacancies were filled at the top in the top division the pace upon which all the vacancies were filled in the top division is um, was a frenetic pace and I think that some um, clubs may well come to rue their decisions at making their choice far too quickly. I obviously respect your decision regarding uh, the Graf's Cup, uh, Michael, but having actually spoke to Hank de Jong as well and knowing of his experience in with Cambu and what he has to offer being a great people manager, I think the Graf's Cup will b finish around about maybe 14th, 15th and I think they will be fine. Um, for me, I might be totally wrong in this, but I've actually got Fortuna Sittard um, finishing mid-table in 13th. I think if you look at actual summer signings, they've actually been quite decent. Um, Andrea Novakovic was a revelation last year. I mean, he came through Reading, um, signed him as a youngster. He's from America. He's actually a, an American international. He played for the national team. Um, he was on fire last year for Telstar uh, as they just missed out on promotion. They've signed him up front. And they've also got a very talented striker in Lissandro Semedo as well. Um, two very good forwards. And I think out of all the promoted teams, they've actually got the best attack um, out of all of them. And I think they'll actually be all right. For bottom, I've actually gone for Excelsior. I think you know they've done so well with the club that they are, the budget that they've got. It's so tiny to stay up over the past few years. And I think Mitchell van der Haar was a big part of that. He, he got them up. Um, we got them staying there, but I think this year is the one they go down. I think I agree. They've appointed a physio as their manager. I think that's going to backfire. I think they're going to finish bottom. I've got the Grashkat finishing second bottom. I think overall their squad's just not good enough. I don't think Hank De Jong's that good a manager that he can work miracles with um, anything that he's got in front of him. I think they're just going to lack a bit of quality um, all around. And the big worry for me is they've got Hedy Yurhus in goal. I mean, you only need to see what he did for Roda JC last year um, to know that he's not going to be too reliable between the posts. And I think that's, for any promoted team, what they need is reliability and goal. And they, I don't think they've got that. Um, and I've also gone, I think this year, there's nine, about seven or eight, nine teams that could be dragged into any sort of relegation battle. You know, Willem Tway, if they lose France up front, they could be dragged into VVV, have lost their two best players. They could be dragged into um, 
But I've gone for NAC Breda finishing 16th. I think, um, as I said earlier, I don't think their loans from Manchester City are, are of top quality. They don't really have a striker. They've got Mitchell Tavreda up front. I don't think he's good enough for um, you know, a team that's going to be not struggling at the bottom. I don't think he's the one that's going to take him by the scruff of the neck and lead them. And I think um, with the teams down there being so close together, I think they might just get sucked into the 16th, which will be... Bit of a surprise, but I think you saw last year what can happen with FC Twenty getting dragged into it and going down. Um, anybody can really go down if they're not good enough, and I think it's going to be very, very tight this year. Uh, again, Michael James, uh, really enjoy those opinions. There, uh, I think Excelsior will survive again. We always say it every season, Mike. I feel like uh, you sound like a broken record now. You say it every season. <laughs> this is the year Excelsior go down. You do, you do. Um, one year it'll happen, one year. One year you'll be right, but I don't think it'll be this year. I think the year that you don't predict it is the year it happens. <laughs> and, that, and that, well, yeah, I, I just think they'll stay up again. Uh, I think they just have that little bit that will just keep them up. A very small club, um, but there's just a lot of com com comfort around the club and knowing that they have that confidence to stay up. All the players that have signed have said, this is a club that does compete at WC level. This is a club that is is a an Eredivisie size club now, and they know that they're 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 comfortable. With the players are around. Some good signings from from other clubs in the Eredivisie. Um, yeah, I just think they'll be fine again. But we'll we'll see what happens. Um, it's interesting how Hedekles have been mentioned to finish in the bottom three. Who who is it that said that? Was it was it you, James? I said it. Yeah, I think they'll finish yeah. in the la I think they'll finish in the last relegation playoff place. Maybe uh, by virtue of one point or goal difference, I think I think here the class, I think they're trying to be smart by looking elsewhere, but the answer is right in front of them. I mean, if you look at the um, if you look at the um, the the UPL League, the Dutch First Division or the Koken Kampioen uh, Division, as it's called in a sponsor sense this season. You've got Jon Stegerman at Go Ahead Eagles. You've got Jack de Geer at NSA Nijmegen. They are still good managers. Um, I think, uh, why, why are they not being looked at? Uh, I'm sure that uh, Maurice Stein as well had the opportunity. I'm sure he had the opportunity to leave Faye for Faye, but he wasn't necessarily convinced by a, a club that come in for them. I think Heracles are just trying to be a little bit too smart. And I think it's going to backfire. I mean, the, the manager himself, uh, Frank Wilmoff, has stated how quickly he has to learn Dutch to be able to communicate with his players and the fans and everyone involved in the club. And having learnt the language from scratch, it's not an easy task. It took me a, a long time and it may well take him a long time as well. So uh, I think that they're going to struggle. I don't think they're going to get whooped every week, but I don't think they're going to accumulate enough points to be able to pull away from the um, relegation playoff places. Uh, and, you know, a fair point. The manager for me isn't the only issue with Hedekles, and I have him down as finishing 16th. And, of course, mm -hmm. we, all three of us are only guessing here. We don't, don't know for sure. It could be one or two points in it the whole the whole way down the bottom half of the table. Who knows? But I'm just looking at their signings, and I spoke about this earlier in the summer. Signing players in the German third division won't keep them in the Eredivisie. It's not the level that the, the Dutch Eredivisie pitched at. Um, Blasvich, the goalkeeper... Uh, Adosman, the defender, Sama, another defender, um, Siborda is a left back from from Schalke's reserve team. Um, Merkel, he's he's a signing from the Austrian league, but again, the bottom of the Austrian league. Um, we'll we'll soon see what happens with the likes of Dalmau, who is a 24 year old striker from Villarreal's reserve team. We all know the story that happened with Willem II and Fransol, one of the best players in the in the Dutch area of his uh, last season. He could surprise. The same with Sylvester van der Voorte. I think a 20-year-old coming from Almere City, uh, there to replace Brandy Kuvas, who, by the way, hasn't left yet and could yet change my mind on whether he'd actually stay up because a player of Kuvas's quality could be the one to make the difference. Um, but you could see one or two signings really surprise and take the Eredivisie by storm. But by and large, I don't think that'll be the case. Um, and they've actually been stripping away at their resources for many, many years now, Heliclis, for the past 10 years, I'd say. Um, they don't have that four or five quality players that really keep them pushing at the top half of the table. I will happily eat my hat if they finish top half, but I really don't think so. And I think this will be a, a, a season that they really struggle.
They won't be finishing top half. I can tell you that for that. I can tell you that for nothing. Oh. They, they will not be finishing top half. I like. Um, I really like Sylvester Van der Water. I think he's going to be a very good signing. Um, he was great for Amir City in the games I watched him. He's tall. He's fast. He, he scores goals. And if he managed to keep, I guess you're right, Michael. It's all about Kuas. If he stays, then out of all the teams in the bottom half, he's the only one that's got that bit of spark that can do something out of nothing. Um, he can score goals from anywhere on the pitch. I mean, I think you've seen it for Heracles. He scores from nearly the halfway line sometimes with his free kicks. I think if he stays, he can score goals out of nothing and that makes a difference for a team like Heracles. I think if you've got a front three, if you've got QS on the right, Vanderwater on the left, then you've got, you know, Dalmau, if he is another France, so he's come from Villarreal reserves, you know, he could be anything, he could be, he could be great. And they've also got Vincent Vermaai, he's a good target man. I can't see them getting relegated because I think they've got goals. If those three, four players stay, if QR stays, I think they'll, they'll be fine. Um, but I think if he goes before the end of the, the transfer window, that's when it changes into a big, big issue. And as, as we said already, that FC Twente went down last season and they had Asaidi, Fredrik Jensen, players of high quality and attack. And you just have to see that over the whole course of the season, whether the squad is strong enough. Um, three teams we haven't mentioned yet so far, have been keeping count, uh, are Arde Den Haag, Willem Twe and VVV Venlo. Um, I think let's start with VVV just quickly um, towards the end of this podcast. I've gotten down as 15th to just about stay up. I think Murray Stein, the manager, uh, fantastic, fantastic bloke. James has met him. He's a great, he's a great man. Um, he will keep that team up again, but I think it'll be a massive fight to do that again. Uh, they've got Jairo Hot. Uh, unknown from Leeds. They've got Samuelson, unknown from West Ham. Two four players that need to replace the goals that have left the club um, through Lennart T and Vita Van Kloy. Have they got enough to stay up? I'm guessing as neither of you put the Vivave in your bottom three, you think they do? They will have enough to stay up. Um, I think it's, this is very telling in the fifth year of uh, Molly Stein how I remember watching uh, a different interview to the one I did with him where he said that he often weighed up and thought about how would the club how would the squad respond going into the fifth year and i think it's gonna be very interesting they've also signed uh, Van Oyen from Heathercliffe who's an experienced centre-back which will help them um i think with his with the um now that Molly Stein has i think they'll stay up i also agree michael it's not going to be as easy as what people think it's going to be i think they may well finish around maybe um uh, 13th, 14th mark perhaps and it might not be, I don't think there'll be a huge gap between uh, between the final relegation place and the um, and the and who stays up uh, without any difficulty. As we know through commenting on this league for many years with the three of us that the relegation always goes to the final day it's not, it's very very rarely is it settled before the final day and um, having spoke to the likes of Fabian Sklader for Football Annual last year when he was telling me, I spoke to him whilst I was in a relegation battle and he said, you know, we was always hoping and the, the biggest ambition is to, is to get safe as soon as possible. But I think, um, I, think they, 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 I think they'll be okay, but I think it's, I'm very intrigued as to how the team responds going into Molly Stein's fifth year. I've got them down as just outside the relegation playoffs. Um, they could easily get dragged into it for me. Grot up front, you know, is he, he's had a horrible year at Leeds. Um, if he doesn't score the goals, they've lost, as I said, with Kuas. You know, he was Heracles' spark. They lost their spark. Clint Lehmans, who scored so many goals. He can score like three, four, five free kicks a year. That's like cheap goals. They don't really have that anymore. Um, Van Croy as well was another great attacker. And... Um, I think they've lost basically their three best players this year. The striker as well, who's gone back to Germany, Ty. Um, it's all about replacing them. They've got Grot. They've got Martin Samuelson from West Ham United. We'll see how good he is. But I think they'll be a, a lot closer down the bottom this year. Um, if if they stay up, then Stein's done a great job. And uh, finally, Arden Hark and Villain Tway. I have them down as ninth and tenth respectively. Are we both? In, are we all in agreement, the three of us, that they'll be mid-table? I personally think that Ardo we're struggling to replace Bjorn Janssen's 19 goals he got last season. Nearly got there to visit Golden mm -hmm. Boot. Um, but they have an average team. But Alphonse Kronendijk is just a good manager. And he's that type of manager that will go for those results. He will get more wins than draws. 
And because of that, they will have more points towards the end of the season, hence why I've put them as ninth. Fulham to a tenth. Some interesting signings. They've kept Franco, a goal scorer, and they've added to a couple of interesting players. I've got uh, Pobianch uh, from Wisla Krakow, the Polish side. Uh, apparently, the Angolo Kante of the Polish league. And Akanak, a 19 year old forward from Bayern Leverkusen, who's going to be in our top 50 under 21s to watch in the, the new season, which will be out on Football Annual this week. Keep your eyes peeled. Um, yeah, I just think two teams that will be solid mid table. Last um, summer, I predicted Adel Den Haag to be my surprise team of the season. Um, to some ridicule on Twitter, uh, I think one person said it was, it was daydreaming um, and they managed to finish in the European places. But this year I can see them struggling. Um, I think Janssen was such a big part of their squad last year. Um, I mean, they're trying to go for Henk Wehrmann, who you know, is another target man striker. We'll see if they get him before the transfer window ends. They've got um, Zhang Yuning, the, you know, the West Brom striker who played for Vitesse on loan. Uh, you know, he wasn't that great at Vitesse. I mean, it was a shock to me when he got signed by West Brom um, for £10 million. Uh, I thought that was very strange because he didn't really seem to be a top-quality striker. Then he went to Werder Bremen and didn't play a game. And it was, now he's back in the division. We'll see how he does. Um, I think they've lost their, their quality player. We'll see how they do this year. I've got him down as, uh, I think... 13th this year. I can't see them being as uh, good as they were yet last year. Uh, as regards to Arda Den Haag, um, I think they'll be fine. I think Michael makes very good points about, in particular, Hulendijk. I think he's relishing being back, managing the club he would want to play for. I think uh, Arda will finish around about mid-table, possibly 10th or 11th. I think the same goes for Willem Trey as well, but I really do think that Willem Trey missed a trick in... Uh, in appointing perhaps a Jack De Gea or a Maurice Stein, I think to um, to appoint Adri Costa, who's who's been around a bit at, at Club Bruges, for example, I think he was the assistant at Willem Trey thirty years prior to this. They were hounded out Van der Looy because they wasn't happy with the results and they had aspirations of European football and and being in the mix in the European playoffs when they were down in fifteenth position. I think they need a bit of a reality check and I can't see them that making that much progress under Adri Costa, to be honest. I think with the relegation, as I said earlier, it'll be so tight. Um, one bold prediction I'm going to make for this, this season is there's going to be an absolute hammering. One of these teams is going to get hammered by one of the top three. I think there'll be, there's a possibility there'll be a double figure win, I think, this season. That's my one prediction. I think there'll be a 10 10-0, 11-0 win. Um, you know, it might not happen, but I think there's got to be a few teams at the bottom that are going to be well off the pace, I think. Like a te- the 10 0 win like PSV finals in 2011, I think it was, in Eindhoven. I hope that final fans have turned off the podcast so they don't have to hear that. <laughs> no, I have, I have, I'd like to think being based in Amsterdam and doing this pod with you guys for nigh on three years now. Feyenoord's supporters will know that I am completely neutral and non-biased and I have received <laughs> I have received very little criticism from Feyenoord fans on, on Twitter which is very nice and uh, I think with my prediction of them coming second that they will uh, they will hold their finger in terms of any potential criticism that they want to bring my way <laughs> oh if I ever get criticism on Twitter it's always from a Feyenoord fan I tell you that now um, we ha- we we should wrap up this podcast. It's been great, guys. Um, we have a couple of questions actually. We just want to wrap up. Um, Class uh, asks: uh, Is the youth talent influx towards Premier League clubs positive or negative? Why? And if it is negative, how would you try to prevent it? We answer this question fairly often this podcast. So, would one of you guys like to give us a, a quick answer on that one? Negative. Um, I think there's too many examples now of players that just they go and then they end up back at clubs um i've talked about grot at vvv i mean he left nsa for leeds wasn't good enough now he's back um go to the summer delro's son is he left manchester city for hefe berlin congolo is back at heronvain um i think there's too many examples now of players going at a young age daniel Malin as well psv from arsenal there's only one or two now that are actually still in the english academies and um are they going to get a chance at the first team Probably not. You think the best chance would be, you know, a, a Chong at Manchester United. But even then, he plays for Manchester United in pre-season and Marino says that he's not going to get much game time for the first team. 
and Foza Menza as well. He seems to be on his way out again. Hereford Bowen linked. And Ray Dan will see what he does at Chelsea, but they've also got a new manager who's got aspirations this season. Is he going to give you know 17-year-olds a chance? I don't think so. So I think the way you prevent it is by sitting down with these players and going, look, this is what happens when they reach the first team, or these players at Ajax. You know, 17, 18-year-olds to come through, De Ligt, um, Van der Beek, you know, Frankie de Jong, and what, what's going to happen with them. Um, over the next few years, they're going to go on moves to Bayern Munich's first team, Barcelona's first team, and actually play. Um, they've just got to stick out, and they've got to realise that money isn't the, the way, and the Premier League isn't what it's all cracked up to be, I think. If I can just elaborate on Michael's, on Mike's point, I interviewed new Manchester City player Philip Sandler back in March and he told me that he didn't think that the move to Manchester City would come so quickly. He only thought that the club were keeping tabs on him. And when the, um, when the scouts and when the transfer um, um, network of people came to speak to him, they really sold the club to him. And he thought, you know, this is where I have to be. They told him about the ins and outs of tr- being on a training pitch with Sergio Aguero every day of the week. And this is what helped sway Sandler's decision. So I can understand Mike's points, but I think with the persuasive nature of some clubs and having spoken to players who have been involved in that, it, you know, some some players can lay, uh, some um, scouts can lay it on thick where, you know, all the bright lights are promised. And then when they physically get there, it, turns out not to be the case yeah i would be absolutely amazed judging by sanders form at the end of last season i'd be amazed if he makes his debut for manchester city i think he's one of these players that you know chelsea do it they sign youngsters loan them out for a few years they make a big profit and i think that's what manchester city are doing with, with sander i asked him as well yeah. i asked him as well mike i said what other eredivisie clubs did they come in he said yes he said other eredivisie clubs come in but they sold it to me they really told me what they planned to do with me and, you know, and uh, I thought it was very, very interesting indeed. There must be something in him, but considering his age already, he's not going to become a Man City standard player. Sandler's a good player, don't get me wrong, but he's not Manchester City level. It'll be interesting to see how he gets on. Um, but I think the main issue with these kind of players is that they see examples of players that may have gone abroad and done well. But the best case is to keep players in the Netherlands, develop them there, and then use those as positive examples to the likes of Redan, who has gone to Chelsea and does seem to be doing well already at youth level. Whereas those in the, in the Netherlands are, do get the games to impress. If Redan was playing in the Netherlands with Ajax still, I'm pretty sure he'd be around the first team with Ajax or playing well the second team in the, in the Dutch second division or maybe even on loan somewhere else in the division. But he's not getting those senior games. He's getting to play against youth players who aren't as strong, who aren't maybe as quick. Um... Uh, I've got two more questions to go before we end this week's podcast. Oh, yeah. So Alex uh, asked about the best transfers that have been made by Eredivisie clubs. I hope we've covered that enough in this podcast. Um, And finally, from Cam, final question of today. What would be best for an Eredivisie team or the league? So making the round of 16 in the Champions League or getting to Europa League final again, just like Ajax did. Curious to hear your response. Before the podcast, I answered this quickly to to you both, and I said, if you had said the Champions League quarterfinal or Europa League final, I would have picked the the Champions League quarterfinal. I think last 16 is great to get out of a Champions League group. The money's also brilliant for the club, um, but I'd rather have the Europa League final over that because of the occasion that it is, a European final. But I think if you get to the Champions League quarterfinal, semifinal, it's certainly worth being in that competition because of the money. Because of a Dutch coefficient as well, it'd be great for the league in that respect too. I agree, Michael. I would say Europa League final. Having Living in a city, living in Amsterdam when I actually reached that final, that day of that final was like a national holiday. Buses, metros, everybody on the streets, everybody everybody young and old were all wearing Ajax shirts. Everybody was so proud. The whole of the Netherlands, for example, and the, the Amsterdam police even sent text messages to people saying, don't come to Amsterdam, Amsterdam is completely rammed. And um, it was a tremendous uh, achievement from a very, very young team under the guidance of a very good manager in Peter Bos. Um, you see how much the Europa League means to... to the Netherlands is not a small nation, but to give you an example of uh, nations like Croatia, for example, and uh, Norway and Switzerland, how the, how the smaller nations 
are really embracing the Europa League and trying to get in it at the cost of uh, at the cost of uh, or by hook or by crook. Um, I think it would be great for the coefficient, as you say. Uh, Vitesse have a difficult task in um, in entertaining Basel in the second leg being in Switzerland for them to reach the uh, to reach the Europa League group phase but we ho hold hope that they'll be able to do it and the same goes for Feyenoord. Ajax are assured of a place in the Europa League so be interesting to see how they get on but the draw and potential opponents it dictates an awful lot in terms of the rhythm and in terms of when games are played so uh, I would choose the Europa League final for the occasion and what it will do for the coefficient of the country too. It's an interesting question, um, but you've got to also factor in the, that both have happened recently. Um, Ajax got to Europa League final and PSV got out of their group in the Champions League a couple of years ago and both really haven't helped Dutch football going forward. I mean, the coefficient is still where it is. It keeps going down. Um, I think you've got to take a final every every day of the week because of the chance of winning it. Um, you know, I, I think it would be a huge story in modern football now um, for a Dutch club to win a trophy. Uh, and you've got to try and take that any chance you can get. I can't see a Dutch team reaching the Champions League final anytime soon. The Europa League is the one that you kind of hope for. You think PSV and Ajax both have squads, fine orders all that are capable of doing it. Um, and hopefully over the next five to ten years we see a Dutch team lifting the trophy once again um lovely answers guys and thank you for a bumper packed hour-long podcast this week thank you thank you very much